Welcome to Talks at Stellenbosch Uni, Stellenbosch University's podcast where we talk about current topics and innovative research done at the university. Here's your host, Dr. Gillian Aronson. So today I'm in conversation with Professor Wim de Villiers, the Rector and Vice-Chancellor of Stellenbosch University, a post he took up in April of 2015 and again in April of this year when he started his second five-year term. So we're going to look back, let's call that feedback, and then we're going to look ahead, let's call that feed forward, uh, to get a better understanding of Stellenbosch University. Prof Wim, welcome. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to, to be chatting with you, Gillian. No, I think the pleasure is is all mine. People often say that every professional was once an amateur or every master was once a beginner. So before we talk about you as director and and what you have accomplished in your first term, maybe let's start at the very beginning. So so who and what is is Wim de Villiers? Well, I'm, uh, I was born in Stellenbosch and I actually went to school here and I attended um, uh, medical school here as well. Uh, my dad uh, used to be a professor of law and at one time he was the dean of the faculty of law at Stellenbosch University. So in a sense, uh, my journey is really one of a uh, full circle that I, I started here and I'm I'm now uh, very privileged to be able to end my career in in uh, academics and in higher education here at Stellenbosch University. So, so in a sense, Stellenbosch is in the blood, uh, but I think also you know leadership. I mean, you've 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 spent some time abroad and and you've experienced it's a higher education in different contexts, also at the University of Cape Town. And people often say that hindsight is an exact sign. So, if we take your journey. Uh, you know, up until April 2015, and when you took up, you know, that first term, uh, I mean, you had things like roads must fall, open Stellenbosch, the Leicester video fees must fall. Uh, so, in a, on the one side, you kind of had to hit the ground running. But is it that your your journey prepared you for that, or was it an incredibly hot seat when you stepped in April 2015? Yeah, I think my my journey did, in a sense, prepare me for that. Uh, and and you're right, one one thinks about uh, these matters in in hindsight because my journey has been one of where I first uh, qualified as a a physician, a medical doctor, and then I studied to become a specialist physician and then I decided I knew nothing about science and I became a physician scientist. Um, I went to Oxford, I did a PhD in immunology, and then I was recruited to to the United States, uh, to the University of Kentucky, where I uh, super specialized in gastroenterology. I thought I would stay in the United States for at the University of Kentucky for 18 months just to get a bit of a taste of, of America. And I ended up enjoying it so much that I stayed there for 18 years. But in that time, uh, I was afforded opportunities um, to advance in, in, in management and in leadership there where I became chief of the division of, of gastroenterology. And then I did a master's in healthcare management at Harvard and I managed one of the bigger hospitals in the University of Kentucky uh, academic hospital complex. So what I'm trying to say by that is that uh, I'm, I'm used to uh, evolution uh, career-wise um, and I'm also I've been reflecting on why it is that there are quite a number of physicians uh, in leadership positions uh, worldwide. And I think it is 
because uh, it's sort of in hardwired in in the physician's training to be able to compartmentalize uh, issues. So you're dealing with a, a very uh, significant issue in, in one patient for a circumscribed period of time, but in the very next patient also requires all of your attention. So what I mean by that is, yeah, I took over as, as rector and vice chancellor after being dean at the University of Cape Town of the Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences. I enjoyed it very much. It's a, it's a, it was a great faculty. Uh, but then to take uh, uh, over the leadership here, and it was a very, very demanding. Open Stellenbosch, the Leicester video, Feast Must Fall. Yeah, so definitely a hot seat. And, and I think what I'm maybe not fully appreciated at the beginning was that uh, Stellenbosch University the rector and VC is uh, is really one of the hottest seats in South African higher education. But um, I, I certainly welcomed that, that challenge from the beginning. And I believe that my uh, training and journey up to that point is actually uh, 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 prepared me well for that. So, so I take it that as a, as a physician, obviously there's this focus on complexity, but also the awareness of, of the person. So if we come back to Stellenbosch, I think one of the key words that we, we link to Stellenbosch is this notion of inclusivity. And, and when we talk about access, uh, I can well imagine that that language kind of stands in the middle uh, when it gets to the access debate. So, so what are your thoughts on, on language as an enabler? And, and what is it that you hope to achieve through the language policy? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Uh, as, as I said, we came in at a, at a turbulent time, but, uh, and these are, but these are the issues that we need to address at, in higher education and at Stellenbosch uh, University. Transformation, racism, sexism, deco uh, decolonization, the role of uh, higher education in, in human development, climate change, et cetera, et cetera. Stellenbosch is not a bubble. Um, we're not even an, we're not an ivory tower. We, we're part of a of a society. If I if I think about access and and language policy, I think that the, the main part there and the key words there would be it's an inclusive multilingualism, and that is what we really want to want to do. We want our language policy to promote access and inclusivity because that is what we want to achieve in that. No student should ever experience language as a barrier. But Gillian, I think the important point was if I can refer you back to my inauguration in 2015, mm. I said uh, Stellenbosch is not an Afrikaans university. Stellenbosch is not an English university. Stellenbosch is not a, an Isikosa university. It's a world-class multilingual South African university. Uh, and but we absolutely what we're trying to ensure is that language is not a barrier to access, but instead that it's a tool for success. So, so Stanford being this world class multilingual institution, I mean, I think for for many students, you you still struggle with things like finance, uh, and some of our students are still struggling, you know, just to ensure that that meal at the end of the day. But but I've picked up that you've got a heart for your students, and it seems as if you are even willing to put some activity uh, behind your efforts to raise funds to support students. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, so I've raised uh, funds for bursaries, and I think what we 
especially struggling with at the moment is, is what we call the missing middle, are those students who come from families that, um, uh, that have a, an income that's just a little bit more than what is uh, th than what we qualify for NISFAS, for the National Student Financial Aid Scheme. So, and what we've also realized is that we struggle with uh, issues like food security. So um, I, I'm, a, I'm a keen, uh, well, I used to be, <laughs> marathoner. Uh, um, I, I ran the, I've run the big five, the so-called big five in, in uh, marathons. Um, so I've completed the Cape Town cycle tour uh, a number of times now to, to raise funds for our students. And uh, yeah, if, if, I, if I manage to, I do it for a good cause and then I manage to stay fit as well, so all the better. I've also done the London to Brighton cycle race and I was absolutely conned into putting my body on the line to run the Cape Town Marathon two years ago. But what I was very pleased with is that I was always joined by staff, students, alumni, and friends of the university. Um, and so this is the way to go. It's for crowdfunding, it's peer-to-peer -peer fundraising, and it allows individuals to get involved. And, and also it's, it's for a good cause. And I'm, I'm really pleased that uh, I can, in, in, in some small way, contribute uh, like that. No, I think it's, it's absolutely great to hear that you're not putting your, only your mind and your heart behind the students, but, <laughs> but actually also your body. I mean, you are, you are way ahead of me on, on that one. But Prof, if we, if we, if we take Stellenbosch and we, we take your first term, then I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sure that there must have been some milestones in terms of, let's call it, visual appearance or the look and feel of the place. So, so what are some of the things that you kind of celebrated uh, at the end of your first term in terms of changing the look and feel of, of Stellenbosch? Yeah, so if you, I, I think three main things that I would like to, uh, what there are some of the highlights uh, in, in the first term. If we first speak about some of the uh, academic matters uh, is that Look, I always say this when I speak to uh, alumni, is that I truly think, I told you that I was at Stellenbosch from uh, uh, 1978 to 1983, and then again from 1985 through 1990. Mm -hmm. This is a completely different place uh, now as to what it was in, in, in 1990. And I honestly think it's a much better university. Uh, it's sometimes tough for alumni to, to hear that, but it's a it's a better medical school. It's a better university overall. And we can see that by two, three things. And that's firstly, it's student success is that our students' annual module pass rate is consistently above 85%. We're uh, ranked top in the country for that with regard to highest throughput and also a very low first year dropout. So I'm very proud of that. And then also, what Stellenbosch University is really now a, a research-intensive university, and it's, uh, it's well on its way to, to becoming the, the foremost research-intensive university on the continent, where our research outputs are, are uh, very high. We're a full-time academic staff member. We've lodged uh, 127 patents over the past 10 years. It's the most in the country. And in terms of rankings in the Times Higher Education uh, World University rankings, they would place us uh, in the top 1% of universities globally. So I would think that this uh, emphasis on 
research for impact is we, we, we have local impact, regional uh, importance, but we're globally competitive. And also um, that, that that has uh, a really, um, I think that's a, that's, and this focus on internationalization has really stood, uh, stood us in, uh, in, in good stead. Uh, so those are the three overriding things, mm -hmm. but I think if you think how, how has Stellenbosch University changed in my time as a rector, um, uh, and I think that's, that's a, there's an important subtext there, and that is rectors are, we're, we're temporary, you know, we're, we're like ships in the night. Um, students and staff, they're also relatively short short periods that they spend at an, at an institution. But universities are institutions for the ages, for the centuries. We're now embarking on our second century. We're, we're here for a long time, and Stellenbosch University will be here for a long time. So that all that I, as a rector or vice chancellor, can hope is that in this period that I'm involved with the university, that we are moving forward. And I, I honestly believe that we are doing that. We're, uh, I'm proud of the new uh, Vision 2040 and the strategic framework as we go into our, our uh, um, second uh, century. And, uh, and, uh, and I think that uh, we, we, we have a, a, a spotted history, a very complex history. Uh, we are committed to, uh, to transformation. And, uh, and I believe that, uh, look, our, our journey is incomplete, it's imperfect, but we are absolutely committed to, to contributing to uh, the broad society and South Africa, the African continent, and also globally. So, so if we take that in terms of that, you know, re reflection, looking back over, over the, over the, your first term, but also the hundred years, um, you then starting your second term and slam, bam, you in the middle of COVID and the pandemic, where we have to ad adopt, you know, new ways of doing, uh, we have to embrace technology uh, as an enabler. So what has Stellenbosch done in a sense to prepare for, and what are we currently doing and what will we be doing? Uh, in order for us to embrace what people refer to as the fourth industrial revolution. Yeah, so yeah, so I started with my second term, 1st of April, April Fool's Day, and boom, the coronavirus pandemic uh, sweeping across the world and really bringing things to a, to a standstill. And where all these fancy uh, priorities that I had, had uh, put forth for the next term, in a sense, it's running in parallel, but I now have only two overriding priorities, and that's to ensure the successful completion of the 2020 academic year and to safeguard the sustainability in the broad sense, not only financial, but people, spaces, etc., of our institution so that we can be an institution for the ages. So we have had to implement a real host of operational initiatives and activities uh, to do this, um, and uh, actually, I, I really want to. I'm, I'm ple pleased to report that that that, as I call it, Team Stellenbosch University has really arisen to the occasion. In terms of that, I am actually quite confident that we are going to be able to complete the academic year uh, successfully. The lecturing staff they excelled in 
converting study material to digital formats. And so we're now, we're teaching online and mastering the pedagogical aspects of teaching online. I personally, I've also taught online now to, to my, uh, I still teach a few uh, classes in gastroenterology to second year uh, MBCHB students. So I'm, I'm really pleased that we were able to do this. And, and interestingly, going increasingly online or blended learning or hybrid, whatever one wants to call it, was actually one of the priorities that I wanted to really uh, focus on for the second term. But instead of being able to do this and slowly doing this over over five years, we've actually done it over two months. Um, so that really shows you um, what 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 can be done. So, but this that is the online learning. There's much greater emphasis on that, and so and this is also part of the fourth industrial revolution: digitalization, the future world of work. Mm -hmm. So, another area that I've been and it fits in with another area that I think that I've really pushed very hard is the uh, creation last year of a school for data science and computational thinking. Um, because we, we need to prepare our students for this new world of work and big data and AI will fundamentally change the world of work and also our world as knowledge workers at a university. So data science and computational thinking is going to blur the boundaries of traditional academic fields of study and and, and make folks from different areas uh, collaborate and, and, and uh, work together, whether it's medicine, economic management sciences, whether it's the natural sciences, whether it's uh, uh, law, uh, arts and social sciences, engineering, all of them are, are, are working together in this new school. So I think I'm very excited by that. And, and similarly to that, having established the, 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 the template how these schools can now be uh, function is to also establish a school for climate change. And I, I, it can have a similar, similar impact as well. So, Prof, as we as we finish off, I mean, as a, as a physician, you are expected sometimes to see what other people do not see. Um, so, if if we look at our slogan "Forward Together," what does that mean for you, and how does the future look going forward? Well, I think the the, the forward together part of it is it's it's the I I am very much a glass half full person. I'm a, a a perennial optimist, but I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm in the words of a previous uh, chairman of the, of the U.S. Fed, Alan Greenspan, who said one should be careful of irrational exuberance. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I, I'm that, but I think that two aspects to forward together, it's, it's the forward part, that is that we need to advance, we need to get ahead, make progress, improve carry on as opposed to what I was referring to a little bit later. We, we Stellenbosch University is not a folks university anymore. It is a top-notch uh, research intensive university uh, that is really uh, focused on, on going forward without forgetting our past, but going forward. And we need to do that together. So it's forward and it's together. We're we're so much the better for all our diversity, 
uh, we're so much the better in doing this in unison as a collective and and working hard to build consensus. So, yes, we're an incomplete journey, imperfect, but we're resolute and committed to going forward together. As I, as I was listening to you, I was reminded of that quote that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, then do take people with you. Provim, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Uh, and for me, you know, just this realization that we, we have a leader at Stellenbosch who, who is a teacher, uh, who knows what's happening in the classroom, who leads an organization that's agile, but he is always uh, an optimist grounded in realism. Thank you very much, Gideon. Pleasure. Cheers. All the best. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow all the latest Stellenbosch University news at www.sun.ac.za or follow us on all the largest social media platforms.